0: God bless you. God bless you. Welcome. And yes, it is Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, which is the time that we come to you live with our spirit led broadcast, a time for discussion and dialogue concerning the kingdom with people that are kingdom minded ministries that are set upon seeing the kingdom of God established in the hearts and lives of the people of God. (coughs) We invite you to um, like our broadcast, share it. If you know anybody that would be interested in our discussion today, we'd have a special guest with us here today, and I know that he is going to be a tremendous blessing to you. And we're going to be talking about kingdom lifestyle. What does kingdom lifestyle look like? What does it feel like? What is it um, actually all about? And so, you know, there's a lot of talk about kingdom. People uh, use the the terms kingdom and uh, they use them very loosely. But we first go back to the word of God understand what kingdom is jesus spoke and in his prayer and his prayer was that thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven so we do recognize first and foremost that the kingdom is about god it's about his authority and his rule and reign matter of fact one of the main Words in the Greek that describes the kingdom is Basileia. That Greek word actually uh, refers to, in its general sense, the time of establishment of the government of God. It's God's rule in the hearts and lives of the people of God. And this is where the main uh, distinction for kingdom comes in, in differentiating from all other kingdoms. And even the book of Daniel, it was prophesied about the kingdom of God. In Daniel 2 and 44, it says, during the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and it will stand forever. Of course, this was represented by the rock that was hewn without man's hands that destroyed the images of what nebuchadnezzar had dreamed about which all represented the kingdoms of man and that's really what a kingdom is Uh, it's uh, a kingdom is a influence and there's many many influences uh there's many ways to try to influence we've heard of the different spheres of society you've got your government you've got your education you've got your uh um your, your business realm, your, 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 your entertainment, uh, these different areas that are places of influence. They influence many, and they, in some sense, are kingdoms. Jesus spoke in John 18 and 36, and he said, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. My kingdom is not of this world. So this is kind of the foundation that we're going to be kicking off today with um, our teaching. Uh, we welcome our friends today, Mark Hanna from Killeen, Texas, our pastors from Africa and Malawi. God bless you. Pastor Max from Italy. God bless you. Excuse me, Apostle Max i um, so, so thankful each one of you are on. Well, <coughs> let's go ahead and dive in today. I may have a little bit of coughing because I'm still not completely all filled up with my lungs. But I got my tasty coffee here, and I'm, I stole my wife's mug. She's involved in a new ministry called Mama Bear. And even though I'm Papa Bear, I took Mama Bear's ministry. Excuse me, her, her, her mug. I can never take her ministry. But today we are so blessed to have uh, Brandon Crooker with us and uh, so thankful for Brandon's um, ministry. Uh, God bless you, Brandon. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Coming us to us all the way from, from uh, the state of Maine. And I uh, appreciate you taking time to join us on this dialogue concerning kingdom what kingdom looks like, what kingdom feels like, what kingdom, uh, you know, is in just everyday life. So thank you so much for joining us today, Brandon. Yes, sir. It's, uh, it's my honor. I, I
1: consider this a, uh, a privilege to be able to not only share my heart, but uh, just to connect with those of, of like-minded faith and, and like-precious faith. Uh, you know, that's, that's, there's got to be a redirection. Uh, of a lot of what mainstream Christianity uh, has become Has really strayed away from um, the, the, these principles And these topics we're going to be talking about today So um, I'm very excited, I'm looking forward to it, my friend
0: Well, I believe part of that redirect is, first of all Rediscovering from the Word of God What the Kingdom of God is really all about And of course, when the Pharisees came and demanded of Jesus In Luke 17 and 20 and verse 21, and uh, said they wanted to see the kingdom, the Lord's response to them was the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. You can't really just point here, point there, and say this is kingdom, that's kingdom. And, of course, the original translation of this verse actually says that the kingdom of God is within you and among you. Because we understand that while Jesus was standing there, the Pharisees definitely did not have the kingdom of God within them but it was amongst them. It was around them because we carry the oil of the kingdom. We carry the anointing of the glory to impact spheres. But, you know, uh, I've heard a lot of talk about kingdom and I get very concerned when some of the talk gears towards uh, the kingdom of God being uh, about conquering and ruling here on this earth in areas like the concept that, you know, we gotta get Christians all taking over the business sector and the banking, taking over government, taking over education, taking over in- and and while I understand the basis of some people's <coughs> heart in that, I think they take it too far. You know, we we need to have influences, godly influences. We definitely need godly leaders, world leaders with a biblical worldview. And we need our, our universities and our schools led by people with a biblical worldview, but it's not about conquering and becoming all-powerful here on this earth. It's really about God's kingdom transforming our thoughts, transforming our paradigms of, of speech and how we act and what we do. And I know myself, my kingdom journey began in about 2006 when God dealt with me and gave me 12 messages on kingdom. And at that time, I was part of the denomination and you know, I kind of look at you, Brandon, and you, you kind of remind me a little bit of myself back in my earlier days when, um, you know, I was zealous for the kingdom and I was, uh, you know, starting to write books. And, and uh, I, I was okay as long as I was not known that I wasn't making influences. But once I, quote unquote, became known, then it just, you know, seemed that the, the rules changed. And the very same messages I was preaching on kingdom for many years, but because they were in small settings, you know, small churches, you know, they didn't consider it a threat in any way. But uh, once it began to directly go against the grain of religious order and what was the norm and what was accepted, then, of course, um, that's when the resistance came and, 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 and the persecution came. And uh, but, you know, truly the kingdom of God is within us. And, and uh, you know, Brandon, one thing about kingdom is every kingdom has a culture. Every kingdom has a language. Every kingdom has principles and rules. In fact, language is the key to unity. And I'm not even talking about differences of language in like Spanish or English or French or Russian. I'm talking about even within the religious world, you can kind of know a certain type of people, by how they talk. You know, I, I see people that are religious. They walk into a, a restaurant and it's praise the Lord, brother. Hey, doc, how you doing? You know, and it, it's just this lingo that really doesn't exist anywhere else. But this is what I tell people. When you bring yourself into alignment with the kingdom, You bring yourself under the culture, language, the principles, and the rules. And I see people that try to straddle the fence of religion. They got one foot in kingdom and one foot in religious order. And it just rips them apart because the kingdom of God is unlike any other kingdom of this world. And yes, there is a kingdom called religion. I know some folks will probably get a little offended by this today, and I I apologize that I'm offending you, but I don't apologize for what I'm saying. I stand behind it because, you know, uh, the kingdom of God, when you really begin to discover it, it's shocking how diametrically opposed it really is to what people are considered the norm and acceptable in religious order. Have you found that to be the case on on your end there, Brennan?
1: Absolutely. Surprisingly enough, from the time that uh, Jesus walked the earth and where we are today really hasn't changed a whole lot. Jesus addressed many, many times the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the culture, the religious culture that they had. Now, they were. On, you know, they were very performance based, right? It was this is what you have to do. If you don't dot these eyes, cross these T's, then you're not where you're supposed to be, and you're never going to make it, and you're going to be looked down upon. And really, uh, and Jesus, who was they referred to him as a friend of sinners, thinking that they were um, dirting on him and talking down on him, when really they were fulfilling. The prophecies that were to come to pass. So Jesus, he's walking among these these you know these 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 critics and these people that were completely against what he was what he was preaching, uh, because they didn't understand it. In here, the problem is is their mind and their heart were disconnected. When your mind and your heart are disconnected, it, it creates turmoil. It creates chaos. When you find in the word of God the pathway to, to Zion, uh, maybe is the best way to put it. When you find in the word of God that pathway to kingdom, you, you can't stray from it. Jesus said, straight is the gate, narrow is the way. You there be that find it.
0: You know, there's a tension, I think, that's in this hour. And Jesus spoke of this tension in Luke 5. In a parable. And I like to refer to uh, what people call the church as being the ecclesia. Because it really, it's the Greek word for the called out, the chosen ones, the ones that were called to impact and to influence their community in their city. And, you know, Jesus spoke in, in, in Luke 5, and he says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Because the new wine would burst to wineskins. Spill the wine and ruin the skins. Then he said that new wine must be stored into new wineskins. But then he said something very interesting. And this really encapsulates why so many people struggle with kingdom. Or they hold tenaciously to customs and cultural rituals that really are not even part of God's kingdom, and nothing according to what Jesus taught or said to do. But in 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 verse 39, Jesus said, no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new one. And they say the old wine is just fine. The old wine is good enough for me. It's fine. And I believe that wine represents the revelation of the rhema of God's word in the Logos, where God illuminates the Logos, and it can become rhema or just understanding the Logos, the written word, or God speaking revelation and things to us. And I do believe the wineskins represent local and national gatherings. You know, I don't care what you, what you call yourself, what your plaque is over your door. I'm talking about the ecclesia, the called out ones, whether it be networks, organizations, denominations, whatever structure you use to gather. <clears throat> I believe that there's a tension that is, is, you know, coming upon us. But my greatest concern is, um, you know, people that, that that are mixing principles and things with the world and calling them kingdom. For instance, that's your kingdom if you become a powerful banker and you're very wealthy and you're driving a BMW. Your kingdom, if you hone your your gift in sports and become the – Greatest athlete out there and go pro. That's kingdom. And really, that's not the case. I mean, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're working at 7 Eleven or if you're a rocket scientist or you're, you know, kingdom is about the influence of our relationship with God. Because I'm reminded the devil when he took Jesus up into the mountain in Luke 4, verse 5 through 7. You'll notice that he said he revealed to Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. <laughs> that means every kingdom that ever was, and up to that point, from Babel to the Babylonians to the Egyptians to the Philistines to the all the world powers, the devil had power to reveal all these kingdoms because they were in his hand. And then he said in verse 6, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them. Because they are mine to give to anyone I please. And I will give it to you. Of course, we understand his caveat was if Jesus would worship him. And and this is where we've got to be really, really cautious when it comes to kingdom. I do believe that we need to influence business. We need to influence the marketplace. We need to influence we need ministers in the marketplace. We need to influence banking, education. We need to influence every kingdom of this earth. It needs to flow into the kingdom of God. But it's about living that life that is, is what Paul called a living epistle known and read amongst men. And, you know, when I look at your generation, you um, which I'm referring to the millennials. I believe you're in the millennial. Is that correct? Yes, sir. You know, there is such a focus. And there's nothing wrong with it. But it's just a focus and, and a pursuit to capitalize and to use social media and all these different advents to, you know, reach out and to influence and to make a difference. And, you know... Um, there's so many voices rising up to almost any more. It's just the internet has become so saturated with just people speaking. I I went to, I think it was, um, I forgot the platform liftable and I typed in the keyword um, prophetic and there was like Seventy to eighty ministries popped up, and it's 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 hard for someone to sit down and sort through seventy to eighty ministries to try to figure out who am I going to listen to. And and you know again, people talking about kingdom, and it's 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 not the kingdom of the word of God. And um, so I appreciate your pursuit, and I know that. The, uh, you're working on a book now, uh, uh, getting ready to put it into print. I believe it's called uh, Kingdom Now. Is that correct? Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. I'm sorry. Kingdom Come. Could you talk a little bit about some of the things God gave to you in that book that maybe you're speaking to your generation and to all generations concerning the kingdom? So
1: a lot of this book is going to be um, it's talking about principles um, that principles, keys, whatever you want to call them, that will lead you back into an under a biblical understanding of what it means to pursue the presence of God. Um, where it starts, first of all, is going to be motive. Okay, Why do you do what you do? We have two very important verses of Scripture that they're in the Bible. You can't get away from them. One is, um, you know, everything that you do, you have to do in the name of Jesus Christ. So the question is is what you're doing today can you say that you're doing it in the name of Jesus Christ? Now that gets a little a little a little controversial because you have people that are openly sinning. They don't believe there's anything wrong with it. You have preachers that are teaching that it's okay. It's not. Biblically, what you're doing is not okay and there has to be biblical repentance that leads you you can't be in the presence of God and not 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 know that you're insignificant you have all these different principles the John the Baptist I must decrease so that he can increase If God is going to increase in your life and you want more of God and you want to get in the presence of God and you want to, he said, if you, you draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's always there. He doesn't disappear because you're living wrong or because you're not doing the right thing or because you don't want to follow biblical principles or follow the teachings of Jesus. He doesn't disappear. But it's a lot like all throughout, for instance, the the life of the Israelites. In their history, how anytime they were doing wrong, it was almost as if the glory of God just separated itself from them. And it was very difficult until leaders. Now, here's here's what's critical. Leaders, people that are willing to be humble before God, willing to make a commitment, the leaders in culture, in that culture specifically, determined the direction that their community was going to go. Come on. People were going to go, the leaders. Now, how does that apply to you and me today? Well, Jesus said, or the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And, you know, the Apostle Paul had some significant things, significant things wrong, and he went through some significant things. And You know, he's not a perfect guy. You can find his personality all through, you know, his writings and and the different things that he taught on and 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 how he was trying to get people to a place where it was not me, but it's God. Mm-hmm. And all through that, all through that, all through all of his experiences, he would say things like "to live is Christ," and "to die is gain."
0: Right. Right.
1: That's that's pretty powerful. That's literally saying nothing else in your life should matter except for pursuing God. And when you do that, when you pursue God and you have a relationship with God and you build on that relationship, because here's the thing. And a lot of people, they misunderstand. And and I see it all the time. I see it all the time, Brother Arcovio, where what will happen is it's like their prayer life. It's a one way street. It's it's a one way conversation, and it's almost like it's almost like the Pharisees. Jesus was talking about how they pray to be heard of men, and they're just praying and praying and praying and praying and praying, but they never take the time to listen. You will never understand kingdom principles until you allow God to talk back to you, right? right. And that's going to require some times of 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 you know, quiet, sometimes of listening, sometimes, I mean, you can be in travail, you can be in prayer and in travail, but there's going to be a time when you're in that travail and God's just going to,
0: you know, you said something earlier that is so vital and there's a lot of books out on this and I won't, I won't try to reference any of the books, but you can find them on Amazon. But recently I was listening to uh, someone talking and they were talking about how a lot of the parallels of what's going on in high levels of government in America today, they pattern, uh, the wickedness and the debauchery of the leadership of Rome during the time of Julius Caesar, the last, you know, known most powerful emperor before Rome fell. And of course, you know, the whole concept was that if, if, you know, if America Uh, it does not repent It, it it can only face the hand of god dealing with the sin because he's a just god he's you know he's he 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 um god is not partial to americans as any other culture i personally don't believe that god's given up on america i don't believe america's too far i believe we are experiencing a great awakening and reformation and outpouring and we were going to see a great harvest and i do still have hope that they're going to be in the next uh, ensuing days godly leaders with a biblical worldview uh, uh be placed and empowered to help uh in a lot of areas but you know um back to the scriptures in revelations 11 and 15 this is uh again a, a lot of times people will this is a go-to scripture about um uh the kingdoms of this earth in this day and, and what really differentiates between what is truly kingdom, God's kingdom. And again, it goes back to who's ruling in your heart. It's not back to how powerful you are, how many likes you have, how many people are following you on Facebook, how many millions have bought your book or or whatever. You know, these are none of these Measurements of success even matter in the kingdom of God, because actually the kingdom of God is upside down from that. You lose to gain in the kingdom of God. That's right. You give to receive. That's right. You die to live. You serve and humble yourself to, to reign. Amen. And so, a lot of the measurements and a lot of the demographics and the, and all the things you try to do and to become you know, popular on Facebook. And I, I think last year I laughed when Elon Musk revealed that one of our leaders uh, had over 4 million fake followers. <laughs> you know, it, it is true. There there are literal companies, right? India is big on it, where people slave to the labor. They sit every day creating these fake accounts. And this company comes to you and shoots you an email and says, I can increase your following by 20,000 but they don't tell you it's fake accounts. <laughs> you know? And 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 it's, it's become an industry because they know how how badly everybody wants to have that 5,000 level mark or that little blue check mark next to their name that's that you can buy now, you can pay money and get it now. It used to be you had to be someone to get that, but now they saw everyone wanted it and now they're selling it. But, you know, uh, back to what I was saying, you know, well, the kings of this world have become... kingdom of our lord and christ and he shall reign forever and ever yes i do believe that in you know after the millennial uh rule and after all is said and done that you know that jesus is going to return in a white horse and he will bring judgment to the uh, nations and we will rule and reign with him forever from the new jerusalem over Whatever the new heavens and earth is, so I believe in that setting, it'll be a complete ruling. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the full. It's a whole nother Bible study. But you know the prophetic acts that Revelation speaks about, where the great voices said, "The kingdoms of this world, which we we mentioned earlier, are influences, which can be described as government." Is education, as all the influences, men. I mean, I mean, who in their right mind would not admit that corporate America doesn't have great influence? Of course, it does in this world and in the educational system, or all these different things. But these prophetic acts will never be accomplished with self-promotion or aligning ourselves. With the kingdoms of this earth, for the sake of wealth building or getting selfies, so we can put them on Facebook, to appear to be somebody before our friends, or climbing the ladders of power that men give, but how the kingdom of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ is the influence. And that's the key word I kind of want to close this session on influence through lifestyle of kingdom messages and kingdom principles that aren't just spoken or taught or tweeted or cute quotes put up, but it's a lifestyle. A person can see that one lives.
1: Absolutely. So real, I mean, you could put it real plain. Um, I actually read one of your books. The same environment that created, um, you know, Judas. It's the same environment that created uh, a Peter. Um, along those same lines, and I, it just popped in my head while I was reading, it, and I said, you know, similarly, uh, J- Jesus called Judas friend and Peter adversary. And the question is, is why? Well, first of all, because Judas, while he was misled, while he was uh, sinful, and while he could find no place of repentance, he was still fulfilling the will of God. And Peter was called adversary or Satan because he, he was trying to resist. Excellent. God's will was. Excellent. So if we're talking about influence, What's influencing you? Uh, it was uh, James and John, and J- there was a Samaritan that him them and, and Jesus met up with, and they, they had mistreated Jesus, and they said, "Well, you you ought to just consume them with fire." And then <laughs> we have this war mindset. This Jesus has come, you know, to we're gonna we're gonna take on these Romans. We're gonna take back our you know our land, our authority, and you know we're gonna be you know. The greatest thing on the earth. And Jesus, what did he say to him? He rebuked him and said, you don't know what spirit you're of. If you want to be in the will of God, it's going to start. It always starts with seeking the face of God. It always leads to a place naturally of separation from sin but not separation from the body of Christ, which we are all members of. Paul eloquently talks about all the different members and all the different places and all the different uh, 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 operations within the body of believers, body of Christ, and which every single one of us has a part. Every single one of us has a part. And it may be as simple as the ministry of helps, but that's not a bad thing. This this desire, I'm going to be transparent. I, I had a point in my life where uh, one of the leaders in my life said that I was simply, well, told my friends that they weren't supposed to stay away from me because I was just seeking a pulpit and a platform. Wasn't the case, but that's what they perceived. In fact, at that time in my life, I wasn't even preaching. I was just looking for a place where I could belong that saw my value. And when nobody else sees your value, remember this, God sees your value. It doesn't matter how black you feel your soul has become. It doesn't matter how much you've been through. It doesn't matter how far you feel you've strayed. There is always a way back. There's always a way of escape to get out of the snares of the of the devil, to get away from the devices of the adversary, to get to a place where you can be redeemed and restored. There is restoration in the kingdom of God. There is restoration. There is hope, there is help, there is peace, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. There is a, a peace that passes understanding that can say, hey, it doesn't matter what I'm going through, it doesn't matter what I'm feeling, it doesn't matter what this life holds. Because on the other side, Abraham, his whole life, he was looking for a place whose builder, a city whose builder and maker was God. He didn't realize what it was going to be. And he didn't get to see the fruit of it, but his descendants are able to.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Brandon, for what you're standing for. And um, I appreciate your boldness and your desire and your hunger for the kingdom. I said it before that when men draw a circle, and for whatever reason, you find yourself being pushed outside that circle of their control. God always draws a bigger circle called the kingdom. And you find yourself right in the middle of what he's called and asked you to do. And even Jesus said it. He summed it up this way. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And again, I hope that today I've been able to portray my heart. And, and just if, if you want the simple understanding of what the kingdom of God is, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What is it, you know, how, how does it work in everyday life? And you can have a lot of principles, things you can teach, a lot of, you know, there's foundational things, but it's God's will. Who sits on the throne of your heart? Is it you? Is it your ministry? Mm. Is it someone you've put there besides God? There's only one, the void in our heart can only be filled by his presence. Nothing else can fill that. If we fill it with anything else, even busyness in ministry or seeking success or popularity, it's a sad day because we've we've replaced the throne that only he deserves to sit upon with an idol for someone else to sit. We said, Seek ye first the kingdom, my rule in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not our righteousness, not being right in our eyes or right in the eyes of our brothers or right according to what people's you know, rules and laws say, but right with God. Let me tell you something. Ever since I began this walk of seeking the kingdom of God first, seeking to let God rule everything I say or do, being truly Lord of Lords and King of Kings in my life and to be right in his eyes. That's a much more narrow walk than you can ever walk, because once you start asking God, "I want to, I want to honor you with everything I say and do," then there are things that we were self-righteous in, or we had a group of buddies all said, "You got a right to do that." You know, I, I was in Texas, and you know, I everyone had a right to carry their forty-four Magnum, and I got a right to shoot you in the eyeballs if I want to. Yeah, just, you know, it's amazing How far people take What they consider <coughs> Is right in their own eyes mm. Seek ye first The kingdom of God And his righteousness Well if you've enjoyed uh, This discussion today That we've been having with uh, Brandon uh, You can go to CrookerFamilyMinistries.com <coughs> And you can See some of Brandon's works and books he's written and <coughs> some of his messages. And um, thank you so much for the oil you carry, Brandon. We we honor you. We, we bless you. And um, just kind of in closing, I want you to speak to that person right now that's really struggling with uh, what the kingdom of God is about and then maybe uh, speak a, a prayer over them. Uh, for them to be able to step into that place of not just understanding, but entering the kingdom of God.
1: I guess in closing, I'll say, I remember there was a point in my life where it felt like everybody was against me. Mm -hmm. It felt like no matter what I was feeling, no matter where I was going, no matter where God was leading me, there was just this, this incredible weight of loneliness. I didn't realize at the time what that was, but I do today. That incredible weight of loneliness is not really loneliness at all. It's a desire to get into the presence of God. And when it feels, and the world will tell you that, well, you're lonely, you, you're depressed, you're, you're, you're upset, you're, you're, you're messed up, you're, you're broken, when it's not, that's not really the case. Mm-hmm. What it really is is God is drawing you and putting a burden on you to come on, to, to share that, to share that knowledge of truth, that knowledge of the Word of God, that knowledge of the presence of God, that knowledge of your relationship with God. Nobody believed in, in Noah. When God told him rain was coming, nobody believed did. in Abraham when he was sojourning in a land looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. And, and I imagine they felt that same weight, but they, and no, maybe a lot of those people didn't really believe in Moses either. But he was on mountaintops with God, he saw the glory of God. So I want you to understand that while when people try to tell you that it's a certain way and it doesn't align with scripture, you can't put your faith in people. Your faith has to be in God because people 100% of the time will let you down. It doesn't matter if they're your friends. It doesn't matter if they're your family. It doesn't matter if they're your pastor. It doesn't matter if they're your local leadership team. It doesn't matter if it's your workplace, your workforce, your your team members. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be a time in your life where people will let you down. But if you put your faith and your trust in God, Amen. he will never let you down never seen a child of god go without amen times in my life when i was at the bottom and i and i was looked down upon by those in in you know the denominational world didn't matter what organization it was there were a lot of them that just had a lot to say about brandon and i promise you there's going to be a day when if you will allow yourself to endure that pruning process endure that breaking process there's going to be a time on the other side because elevation only comes through humility. Mm. It only comes through humility.
0: Good.
1: So I guess in closing, I'll, I'll say a prayer if that would be okay. Yeah. Father, we love you today and we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful for your presence. I pray for the the people that will hear this broadcast. I pray that their hearts will be Penetrated by your love, by your mercy and by your grace, that they will feel the power and the anointing that that has flowed from heaven onto this broadcast today, that their lives would be changed and transformed, that you would help them step into their full purpose and into your plan for their life and that they would hold not hold back any reservations, but they would wholeheartedly seek after the presence of And the kingdom of God. And Father, we love you today. And we pray that your perfect will will be accomplished. In Jesus' name.
0: In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again, Brandon. God bless you. Appreciate uh, your time. Thank you for your heart and what you've shared. And uh, we look forward to having another time to have another kingdom, kingdom discussion with you. God bless you. Mm -hmm. It's been an honor. God bless. Mm
1: -hmm.